climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where together we explore how young people are using their ideas, their creativity, and their passion to shape a better world, and how educators across the globe are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. You know, today's guests are really like using service learning in an amazing way. They're impacting their schools and their communities. Um, I was first introduced to the American International School in Johannesburg by teacher um, Bidi um, Shengwe. And she um, was part of NYLC Certificate in Service Learning Instructional Leadership Program. And she is doing such amazing work. She is the Service Learning Divisional Representative for, for the school in Johannesburg. So she has been overseeing service learning for the past five years, and she has amazing young people with her today. Um, it's been such an amazing opportunity to get to know her and learn about all of this great work that her students are doing. doing. And so we have three of those young people with us today. Um, they are Omar, Neil, and Junyuk. And I am just excited to dig into our conversation and get to hear all about the great work that they're doing. Um, so I know that I am keeping them up really late. So I think it's about midnight, if I'm not mistaken. So um, of course, they're young people. They should be able to hopefully jump in and, um, and stay with us. But I just want to thank you guys for staying awake and for being on the show. Um, I'm excited to dive into um, your interests and your passions. Um, but before we do, do that, I'd love to learn more about each of you. So I'm going to ask you guys to introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, tell us about you. So um, Junyuk, um, let's start with you. Hello. First of all, thank you very much for having us today at the Power of Youth to Change the World. My Absolutely. name is Junyuk Yang, and I'm attending American International School, Johannesburg, AISG in South Africa. I am 18 years old and in 12th grade. I moved to South Africa three years ago um, from South Korea. Uh, I am currently a leader of the Equibriggs Service Club at uh, our school. And personally, I'm very passionate about cars and dream of becoming an automotive engineer in the future. That's wonderful. Um, I actually... Uh have a very strong connection to automotive engineering. So you and I will have to talk off the air. Um, Neil, I would love to, to learn more about you. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Neil Abraham. I'm in the 11th grade and I'm also at the American International School of Johannesburg, ASJ. I've lived in three different countries, but mainly in India. Before that, I lived in Thailand. And a few months, I moved to South Africa to join the school. Uh, I'm really passionate about playing music. I've learned for seven years since I moved back to India. 
And since then, I've learned three instruments, the keyboard, the piano, and the acoustic guitar. Wow. Uh, I've played in a few band performances in various places. And now at ASG, I'm part of the jazz band too, as a pianist. That's amazing. Um, you're quite the musical talent. Thank you, Neil. Um, Omar, how about you? Would you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk at the Voice of America radio show. Um, so I am a grade 12 student at the American International School of Johannesburg, and I've been living in South Africa for 10 years now. And uh, growing up, I never had like a set path of what I wanted to do. I was always just drawn to spend my time on entrepreneurial driven projects, such as making lemonade stands, designing clothes and rebranding certain items. And as I grew up and matured, I realized that the best way to contribute to society was to blend my drive to create a business with substantial knowledge about the world from a sociological and environmental perspective. And so joining EcoBricks was one of the best decisions I made because it showed me that I can have an impact on the world without actually having all the world's resources. And uh, yeah, that's why I joined. And I'm very grateful that we have a platform uh, such as Voice of America to speak on such topics because it advocates and supports uh, youthful thinking and um, contributing to environmental studies. So Wonderful. Thank you, Omar. So you've talked about EcoBricks. So Neil, I'm going to ask you to share what um, what is the idea of EcoBricks? Kind of what is it and how did you become interested in it? Yeah. Uh, so basically an EcoBrick is a type of building material that is made out of a two liter plastic bottle and is filled with 400 grams of non-biodegradable materials till the top and it's like really stuffed. So the idea is that uh, these EcoBricks would be used to build infrastructures in areas of poverty. And the community we're looking in is the deep split area in Johannesburg. So I first became interested in the first day when I joined the Roots and Truths service learning, which is uh, out of the three options was EcoBricks. I not only love the idea that uh, removing non-biodegradable materials from landfills in maybe some reverse, and also being able to help others with it. Uh, I also joined mainly because it was related to one of the courses I've taken called Environmental Systems and Societies, ESS where we talk about the environmental issues and think about solutions to solve it. And EcoBase is definitely one of the greatest solutions that I've come across. That's amazing. Um, I just want to give a huge shout out to Roots and Shoots. They're a great program. Um, they're, uh, it comes out of the Jane Goodall Institute. So if you don't know about Roots and Shoots, I highly recommend you check out um, the work that they're doing. It's a wonderful program. Thank you for sharing that, Neil. Um, Junyuk, um, how did you learn about EcoBricks and kind of what was that idea that sparked your passion to take action on that um, through EcoBricks? Um, one day I did some research and I found that only 9% of all plastic waste ever produced by far has been recycled. It was really shocking to me because I thought that the recycling was the only answer to kind of resolve the issue with uh, the waste. And actually that is why I've strictly compl complied with um, recycling regulations. 
uh, as a result, I try to find some other ways to recycle the waste I create. And I found that there were actually a lot. For example, um, DIY cup holder, flower pot, accessories, mm. etc. And these are uh, some types of goods that um, upcycle the waste. However, among those, I found that the EcoBricks is actually the easiest way to make and therefore can be a sustainable way to reuse the waste and a way that everyone can easily take part in. Um, and also having fun making it. <laughs> we we only do things when they're fun, right? I mean, yeah. it helps. It helps, right? If if it's not fun, then it's hard to to build that into the, something people want to do. So yes, absolutely. And uh, above all, I became really interested in the fact that eco bricks can be used in actual construction sites uh, due to their high high quality of durability and insulation. Although it is not scientifically proven yet, they actually have a better quality as a building material than cements and shacks of poor quality uh, that are usually used in impoverished areas, such as uh, the deep suit community, the, the community that we are dealing with. That's pretty amazing and could be revolutionary for construction sites across the globe. That's, that's so exciting. It's also pretty devastating. I always thought, recycling, um, like the recycling that we do, um, was a lot higher percentage than 9% of plastics. I, I honestly, I thought that was a lot higher. So, wow. <laughs> um, so Omar, how about you? Can you tell us how you started with EcoBricks and, um, why you want to take action on environmental issues? Uh, so, Originally, starting off, I wanted to create a social entrepreneurship workshop for students at ASJ because I really like the idea of creating a business that also strives to improve the environment. Um, the reason I decided to do EcoBricks was because I was drawn to the idea of collaborating amongst different groups of people and getting everyone involved in putting non-recyclable materials to good use instead of letting them roam around and end up in the ocean or clumped up in the landfill or something like this. So I think my main goal was to reduce the amount of plastics lying around at my house, at my school, and even on the roads because I care a lot about the environment and keeping our earth clean. And the problem with single-use plastics is that they linger around and they're very hard to get rid of. Um, and what that means is that they might end up someplace where you know animals mistakenly assume them for food, digest them, which is toxic for them, or they can be part of like uh, we're seeing the greenhouse gases. And personally, I felt really satisfied and accomplished when I used the plastic that I would have normally thrown away and instead use them uh, for our EcoBix project. That's wonderful. We had a young um, young leader on the show um, a few weeks ago now, it was probably two or three months ago, um, who talked about all of the little pieces of plastic in the ocean. So she was really focused on ocean cleanup and how um, the, the sea life, right, was like consuming these little plastic pieces and then how we're consuming the fish from the ocean and just the cycle that that, you know, so we're actually how much um, 
plastic materials we're consuming as humans because of our own pollution. So, so I appreciate when you're talking about those micro like those microplastics and what that, what that looks like. It's, it's actually quite scary <laughs> when you stop to think about it. Um, so thank you guys for introducing us to eco bricks and the work that you're doing. Um, so we're going to, we, had, we do have to take a quick break. Um, and then when we return, we're going to continue our conversation and really dig in to more of the great work that you guys are doing. Um, so stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice of America Radio. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, getting started in service learning. A book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit NYLC lc.org to learn more today follow us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment you are listening to the power of young people to change the world with amy muirs to find out more about amy and the national youth leadership council please visit nylc.org now back to the show everyone. If you're just joining us, um, we're here today with students from American School in Johannesburg, um, the American International School in Johannesburg, and we're talking about how they're using service learning to address environmental issues. And so I want to jump um, right back in and um, asked Junyuk to talk about his passion for sustainability. Like, how did you discover that this was the issue that you really cared about? Um, while learning economics, I learned about the concept of scarcity. And scarcity means that humans' needs and wants are unlimited, while the resources to fulfill these are limited. Even worse, we are also facing overpopulation and overconsumption. I found that actually a lot of people in our society tend to buy new stuff such as food and clothes too easily and throw them away too easily as well, taking them for granted and not knowing what uh, impact the the, such behavior would have on our environment and on our future generations. So, um, and one day I found myself doing the same thing with them. Uh, about new clothes, just to follow new trends and have the same brand of clothes with my friends. And I found myself 
um, throwing them away just because they went out of style without even wearing it a few times. And with this experience as a sort of being a notification, I was uh, started to be alert and care about the concept of sustainability, such as being aware of carbon footprint of my consumer behavior and the amount of trash I create in a daily basis. Um, and actually this was done not just for myself, but also for others in the present and in the future generations. Yeah, it's really when you stop and you think about the consumerism, like you said, like the clothing trends and what happens when you're done with something like that. Yeah, it um, it can really make you excited and and like passionate about making sure that we're thinking about those things. Um, thank you for sharing that, Junyuk. Um, Neil, I'm, I want to hear more about how you've been addressing sustainability in your community. Can you can you share more about um, the project? Yes, of course. Uh, so as you may or may not have known, uh, housing in South Africa is a problem that the underprivileged face. The shacks that they build are made from materials that have a risk of catching on fire. And houses on the riverbanks are swept away during storms. So what we do is help out the Thabo and Becky Resettlement Ecobase Foundation. It's an organization that we've partnered with uh, during our project. And uh, with them, uh, we make new houses in the deep sewer community out of eco bricks, which is much cheaper, obviously, than other materials. The waste management system is also uh, poor, so these wastes, other than food, are recycled back into eco bricks. Uh, so what a system that the Mbeki Resettlement Foundation has put into place is a barter system. It, this is where the community of the deep throat, like the community members, they make eco bricks on their own and exchange it for staple foods like rice. Uh, this is kind of a currency there. And this encourages a sense of accountability and allows the community to be part of the work to keep the system in place. Uh, I think this is really important because uh, without everybody working together, uh, the system won't be as efficient as it is right now. Uh, so along with this, to address sustainability, we have also made posters in our school that we have put up addressing the issues and the concept of EcoBricks and what we're doing. And our team also made a video for the middle schoolers of our school about what exactly our project is and how it's serving the deep community and uh, showed them how to make an eco-brick if they wanted to do so and donate if they do. That is amazing. Um, I love I love how you talk about that that partnership with community because yeah, exactly what you said. Like if we're not working in partnership with our community, it's not going to be sustainable, and and they're not going to um, to engage in it, right? Like as a long term solution. That's wonderful. Um, so I'm wondering, um, Omar, like what impacts have you seen, um, especially on the environment? Can you talk more about the impacts of the of the project? 
Yeah, of course. Um, I feel like, well, I'll talk first about the community aspect and then I'll dive into the environment. But I feel like the biggest impact our project had on the community, in my opinion, was the attitude and mindset that it created. So when I started using my plastic for eco bricks, I noticed that suddenly there weren't enough plastics just lying around in my house anymore, which meant that uh, what was once effective wasn't as efficient anymore. And I knew I had to find a more sustainable and organized method of uh, collecting plastic moving forward. This meant digging through trash, collecting my friends, you know, chip packets and creating a bin specifically for plastic around the high school. And I feel like that that's the biggest thing you can do, which is to create a sense of community through caution and awareness. Nowadays, my friends, you know, instead of throwing their plastics in the trash, they put it in a bin or they keep it in their bags because they know I need it for my project later. And it may seem like little things, but in the end, I feel like I created a sense of habit amongst my group. And I'm sure June and Neil can attest to the same thing in regards to their own friend groups, because um, I don't think I've ever felt that somewhat immediate difference in any other service than EcoBricks. And that's why I like it. It's because it gets people thinking about what to do with their plastics and um, it places a sense of accountability in terms of their plastic waste. And in doing so, we can um, help improve the environment because now we have a place where everyone is um, held responsible and we can come together to create more eco bricks. And yeah, I feel like that's the biggest impact for me personally that I've seen. That's amazing. I love, um, I love what you said about thinking and accountability, right? Like it's an immediate, there's a thought process and an action that you can take and you can hold yourself and your friends, your community members accountable. Like this is something that we can do right here and now that makes such a huge difference. Um, so I love thinking and accountability. That's wonderful. Thanks, Omar. Um, Junyo, how do you um, combine, I want to talk about your love of automotive engineering. So like I said, you and I can connect later too about it, but um, I would love to hear how you combine that love and the idea of preserving the environment and, and taking action. Yes, thank you very much for exposing my area of interest. Um, in these days, uh, environmental regulations in the automobile industry are getting stricter and stricter under the net zero carbon emissions policies. As a result, the demand and supply of electric vehicles have risen rapidly as they do not emit uh, greenhouse gases like uh, internal combustion engine vehicles. So as an uh, autom automotive engineer to be, I want to make electric vehicles more wide widespread throughout our society by developing technologies to increase the durability of the batteries used in the electric vehicles and lower their cost of production. And in fact, the, the development of sustainability in the automobile industry is not just limited to the powertrain system of vehicles. Um, let me give you an example of a vehicle, uh, which is Hyundai Ioniq 5, which is one of my favorite cars and is also an electric vehicle. Uh, this vehicle is kind of unique because in this vehicle, uh, dozens of plastic bottles are recycled and they are used for seats and armrests in the vehicle body. 
In addition, the fabrics used uh, in the vehicle are made by using bio oil ext extracted from um, sugarcane, corn, and flowers. And uh, more interestingly, the doors of the car are actually made by using reusable laterate papers. And the uh, interesting thing is that this is just one of the many examples where sustainable materials and technologies are used in the vehicle body. So I want to become an engineer in the future who contributes to the development of the automobile industry, but also the preservation of the environment by building knowledge and insight in these fields of you know, mechanical engineering and uh, combining it with material science. That's just mind blowing. And I have to say, like, as you're describing the, this vehicle, Junyuk, it, it reminds me, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Back to the Future, um, but in one of, there's like three different ones. And one of them that he's using like, banana peels and garbage as fuel so as you were talking that movie flashed if you've never seen it check it out <laughs> but it just like i say totally connected with that it's amazing i just how far we've come and yet how far we have to go um so i am confident that you're gonna move into this this career space and just make an even bigger impact um on the world um neil You've you talked a little bit, I think, earlier about homelessness and and what EcoBricks brings um, to tackling that issue. I'm wondering if you can talk more about that. Like, how is this project really addressing the homelessness um, in your community? Definitely. So, as you know, as I've mentioned before, we partnered with the organization, the Thabo Mbaki Resettlement Ecobix Foundation. So, uh, this is a foundation, and we are doing with them uh, to create uh, and build homes and recreational areas for even the kids there. There's even a uh, even a study area for them where they can spend time and they're thinking of making bookshelves for books for people to donate. So uh, the houses are actually made with concrete, but with EcoBricks as their main foundation, it takes up most of the space. This is actually because uh, plastic can still degrade in direct exposure to UV light, which is in sunlight. Mm -hmm. So these homes that uh, they make are actually not as safe because there have been a few like deaths over the years because of fire incidents, because the shacks they made out of aluminum are not as fire resistant. So what we try to help is to make more fire resistant homes because that's one of the biggest problems in those areas. So... And the way this also keeps uh, preserves the environment is because obviously it uses up these non-recyclable and non-biodegradable materials, which um, if it did go into landfills or much worse would cause, uh, would, would produce methane and carbon dioxide, which are the two most uh, biggest contributors to green uh, global warming. So uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, it's powerful when you think about, you know, 
how how you can like tackle not only the environment but making the environment safer that pe- where people live so amazing um we do have to take another quick break and then when we come back we'll continue our conversation with neil junyuk and omar so stay with me amy muir's on the power of young people to change the world we'll be right back voice america is on your favorite smart speaker if you have alexa or google home go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. Um, Again, if you're just joining us today, I'm here with three amazing students from the International, American International, I'll get this right, American International School in Johannesburg. And we're talking about how they're using service learning to address environmental issues. So they're working with um, the Roots and Shoots um, EcoBricks program. And so I want to dive into the service learning piece of this. And so, Junior, I want to start with you. And can you tell us about how your school um, is incorporating service learning into your learning? Yes, sure. Uh, our school, American International School of Johannesburg, offers a lot of opportunities to take part, take part in service learning. Um, anyone in our school can join or establish service clubs according to their own areas of interest, such as environmental issues, human rights, education, social and gender issues, etc. Also, our school maintains a strong and close relationship with neighboring communities, such as Deepsuit community, through, through cooperation and proactivity. There is a service meeting session on every Tuesday uh, for 30 minutes after lunch is finished. During this time, we set the service plans and goals for the week. And in EcoBricks Service Club, particularly, we visit um, Tabo and Backyard Settlement, which is the area where EcoBricks are used to make um, or build infrastructure. Uh, We visit there on every Saturday morning. And there we donate the EcoBricks we have created and gathered. And we make EcoBricks with the residents living there. And also we can also design and build infrastructure such as like houses and uh, benches using EcoBricks, which is a really fun activity. 
That's wonderful. So Neil, I'm going to ask you kind of a similar question, but how does service learning, um, what role does it play in your classes? Uh, well, service learning, uh, it allows us to de develop a lot of new skills. And one of them is like to take initiative in our tasks and to help us grow on positive impacts, social skills, along with empathy and awareness, understanding, and concern regarding community issues. Uh, these can be used in our other classes as um like social skills is obviously used in any kind of collaborative mm -hmm. teamwork that's needed. And the service that is, uh, which is Ecobix, is also really closely related to ESS, as I mentioned, a two-year course on environmental systems and societies in which uh, environmental issues are explored and solutions that can be created. So service learning is kind of part of that also. And Ecobix is certainly a solution to the problems in the environment that I've been learning about in this course too. Service learning also prepares students for the future as we develop civic development skills and collaborative skills in working in the team. This uh, service learning is also a very good uh, credit scores, gives us very good credit scores for applying for universities after 12, like for John and Omar. That's wonderful. And I love when you talk about kind of those social skills, the teamwork, the collaboration, and, um, and Junior talked about that connection to the community, right? Like actually partnering with, with community. And there's so much important learning that happens when we're working side by side with community members. So Omar, I'm wondering about how you're engaging in service learning in your coursework and, and is this a type of learning that you like? And if so, why? What surprised me the most is that it's very hands-on and interactive. So when I joined EcoBricks, I remember we ran out of plastic um and that we brought from home so we went and we actually picked plastics that were laying around in school and in trash cans and the recycle bins and i feel like we learned a lot from this because it showed us how much plastic we actually use for example i remember opening the trash can and finding it ex like almost exclusively filled with chip packets and wrappers and things that students buy from our tuck shop and i knew that plastic was used but I never knew how much it meant in terms of recyclability using those packets we were able to use I think almost half the bottle um and uh and that was just off of 20 minutes of picking up trash and uh I also learned that the reason why these plastics are effective and safe to use for construction is because since they're non-biodegradable and when they're compacted together very tightly, it acts like a brick. And um, in fact, uh, they're actually even, they might actually be even better because bricks over time, they can fade, they can flake and they can crumble due to certain weather conditions. Whereas, you know, these plastics, they're not going anywhere. They're staying for a long time. So we might as well use them for the best way possible. And that's compacting them together and using it for construction. And uh, yeah, so I learned a lot. It's very hands-on and interactive. And uh, it really engaged me when I was doing it. 
That's awesome. Um, I, I just have this mental image. You think about like concrete is hard people, right? Like this is like, you know, foundations of homes. Many homes are built completely out of concrete. Process what Omar just said. Plastics, when compressed into these eco bricks, will last longer than concrete. <laughs> like that's just mind blowing when you stop and you think about it. And the fact that we're, we've been only 9%, right? We heard that at the top of the show, 9% of plastic waste is actually recycled. So that means all the rest of that is going into landfills or just sitting someplace, right? Not doing anything. And um, all of these these students are, are saying we have a solution, right? We can actually use this stuff as building materials. So it's just kind of mind blowing when you stop and you think about that and, and why we aren't all creating these um, and using them in construction sites around the world. Um, I want to talk more about the communities that you that you serve because um, you've re- you've talked about partnering with the community and engaging in the community. And so, Junyuk, what did what have you learned about the community um, through this service learning experience? Um, after visiting the Tabo and Becky Resettlement, which is located in the Dipsul community, the community that we serve. Uh, and making eco bricks with the residents living there, I felt and learned that many people there were actually interested in eco bricks and having fun making eco bricks. And it seemed like they also firmly wanted to resolve the, this issue associated with the garbage and recycling, as well as us. And I, I sort of uh, found the uh, possibility because since the number of residents living in the township is large, which is about like uh, 140,000 people. I felt that if this proactive and initiative attitudes uh, by the residents continues uh, and prolongs, I found that it could lead to a much greater rate of recycling of the waste dumped in the area, as well as a better quality of housing using eco-bricks. Uh, as long as we raise the awareness of the benefits of eco-bricks across the community. Yeah, it's exciting when you you know that when you're presenting a solution and community members see that this is something that they can do, that they can take ownership of, that they can engage with. Um, Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Junyuk. Um, I want to also learn more about like what impact this experience has had on you specifically. So Neil, like what did you, what did you learn about yourself through, through this experience? Like what, what impact has tackling this issue had on you? The biggest impact I think had on me, especially when we visited the community and the Embedded Settlement Foundation was it helped me have more empathy and to for me to see that the level of inequality and how much we could actually help. Uh, back in India, when every time we would go to this Marina Beach, there would be like so much litter and I would literally hate going. But knowing that I could actually help a problem, this problem in a small way in South Africa is uh, really rewarding personally and even as a team. 
and uh, yeah. That's wonderful. Well, maybe um, you can inspire some friends um, back home in India to actually tackle this there too, right? Like spread yeah. it from country to country. Um, Junyuk, I would love to ask you the same question. I mean, what what impact has this has this experience had on you? Um, through this service learning activity, I could directly witness the impact of extreme poverty through. Uh, the service learning activity, just like what Neil said, as Neil mentioned. And as a result, I became more alert to the social problems around us and started to look around our society with more care and empathy. And I believe this uh, careful insight and direct experience will make me become an engineer who has a careful uh, insight and develop technologies to improve the standard of living of the needy and disadvantaged people, uh, like a play pump, which is a system that uses the energy of children at play to operate a water pump. So definitely a career trajectory and thinking about those engineering skills. That's, that's amazing. Um, Omar, same question. Like what's the impact that this work has had on you? I personally feel accomplished because even though um, I care for the environment, I never knew that I can make an impact so clearly around my community. I was, you know, always taught to, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. But sometimes as a kid, that doesn't always mean a lot because it doesn't, it doesn't show an immediate impact. You know, there's no instant gratification of, oh, I accomplished something. Um, and that's never really talked about how it doesn't, there, there's no need for instant gratification. Things, oftentimes things that make the biggest impacts in the world, whether that's in the field of environmental science, sports, media, they do, don't show immediate results and often take a long time before the effects start to show. Whether it was actually making the eco bricks uh, collecting trash, setting up bins, or researching what materials that can be used. I was always learning and invested in trying to understand the complexities of sustainability and environmental maintenance. And what that means is trying to understand what causes environmental instabilities and what I can do to help personally. And non-recyclable materials roaming around uh, in the earth and causing a plethora of issues happens to be one I feel I can make the most impact on. And thus I've dedicated my time to EcoBricks in search of ways to reduce plastics beyond just putting it in the recycling bin and just selling people to recycle things. I want to make an impact um, directly through um, EcoBricks. And I want it to show that just because you don't have this instant uh, view of oh this is what's going to happen after you do just recycle there's there's it's a long run thing it's a habit that you build and if i can instill it within my group my friends my family then they're going to instill it in whoever they meet and that creates uh, a domino effect so i feel like that's the way i can make an impact and that's how it made an impact on me personally that's wonderful. And it kind of harkens back to um, at the top of the show when we were talking about kind of that instant gratification of like the clothing trends, right? Our carbon footprint and what we do. And then, you know, you tie that back to do we need that instant gratification? And if and if we don't, we can build in those habits and and make positive change. So that's that's powerful. Thank you for sharing, Omar. Um, we do have to take one 
one last short break. And then when we come back, we'll get some final reflection from our guests today. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. And remember, you can follow the show on social media at NYLCORG or find us at NYLC.org. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So I am excited to get some final reflections from our guests today. Um, So Junior, I want to ask you, like, why should more students have these types of service learning experiences like you've had um, as part of what they do in their schools and their high schools? Convince us. (laughs) Um, I believe more students have should have service learning experiences as part of their classroom instructions, because I found that there's a big, huge difference between just watching and listening to the videos in classes and learning theories and uh, witnessing them directly. Um, And I believe that the most simple and meaningful experience where students can apply their uh, theoretical knowledge they have learned in classes into real life situations is uh, actually a service learning experience. They can also have a great sense of achievement uh, if they can see how their efforts being put have been changing the society around them in a positive way. And also through exchanges with various communities and people with uh, various big, uh, back, backgrounds and interacting with them, students can broaden their perspectives and become more accepting and open-minded And most importantly, they can feel or experience the value of living together. I love that. Um, You know, we say service learning is real world learning. And I love that connection to broadening perspectives. I mean, it's it's something that each one of us needs to think about, um, not just um, if you're in a classroom, but you know, as a, as a member of um, 
society, you know, thinking about how are we broadening our perspectives and service learning does that in such an impactful way. Neil, can you tell us um, if for the teachers who are listening, um, what do you hope they take away from your experience? Just speaking directly to those teachers and educators. Uh, well, I would hope that the teachers would emphasize a greater importance for the service learnings and because this can be uh, really helpful for a lot of students and their futures because there's a lot of skills to be developed by actually doing a, being part of a service and doing hands-on work. And uh, being part of a service can also diversify the areas of interests. So implementing this for students for service learning can really help students in if they were choosing a kind of career or some kind of future for them. And working together as teams can benefit the community better. So as we learned uh, from our representatives at the organization, uh, which we're partnered with, it's best to involve the community as long as, uh, as when we do a service to keep it running. The benefit to the community. And yeah, that um, I love diversifying your areas of interest. Like the idea that you can discover something that you never would have discovered through these experiences, you know, those connections to career. We don't all know what we want to be, you know, when we grow up, if you will, you know. And so having these experiences you know, diving into different learnings, um, it, you can find a career pathway that you never, never knew um, was there before. And Omar, what do you want people to know about this project? Like, what do you want them to take away from all of the amazing things that you guys talked about today? What should they remember? Uh, I think the biggest thing is that helping the environment doesn't mean that you sacrifice, you know, everything and throw away anything that doesn't align with the values of environmental sustainability or the so-called values of environmental uh, sustainability. Because at the end of the day, we are all human, which means that we do certain things to save time and energy. And saving the environment, most of all, requires thoughtfulness, mindfulness, and just education. I don't recycle plastic because I want to look like I'm the most well put and caring person in the world. I do it because I envision a planet where you know, humans are not affected in a way that limits and restricts the way we live as a society. And, you know, I feel like that's a bit ironic though, because we go out of our way for the environment and that in, a, in and of itself, uh, we, we do that so that it doesn't get in our way in the future. Um, so there's a sort of harmony uh, of respect to the earth in our world. And my goal, most of all, is just to instill the same vision into people and to show them that little things like picking up your trash, using your cycle items to create new things and experiment with them, you know, even for educational purposes, like projects and such, I feel like that should be the narrative that's pushed. Not that, you know, you're a bad person for not, you know, aligning yourself with, because I feel like that's why people get pushed away from wanting to, you know, helping the environment because they feel like they're joining a cult or something, you know? <laughs> so the, the most important thing is just keep in mind that helping the environment the biggest thing is just being mindful. That's it. And just acting on a world where you 
it, it's envisioned the way you want to live it. So if you want to walk around, you know, breathing fresh air and stuff like that, then live your life accordingly. Beautifully said. So beautifully said. I mean, yeah, if, if you have to create the world that you want to live in and you guys are doing that and it's um, the work is phenomenal. And I just want to thank each of you for being on the show today, for staying up late. Hopefully that this does not impact your schooling tomorrow. Um, so, you know, tell your teachers you were on the radio. I don't know, <laughs> but um this work, it is truly inspiring. And I'm so grateful that you were here with us. Thank you for sharing your passion, your energy, and for tackling this issue, right? For for working with your communities, for for taking the chance to learn and grow, and for for ripple ripple affecting that into your friends, into your community, and hopefully across the world. Um, I also want to do a huge shout out to BT, who is um, sitting here quietly, um, allowing her students to do all of the speaking. She and all of the educators at the American International School in Johannesburg are doing such amazing work, and they're supporting these young leaders to tackle really challenging issues. So next week where we are going to meet an another amazing student and um, we're going to talk about literacy and how she is uh, taking action in her community I do want to do a little plug. Um, if you're interested in learning more about service learning, if you're hearing this and you're like, I want to be doing that with my students, download our latest publication, um, the newly revised and updated Getting Started in Service Learning. It's available for free um, thanks to our partners at the Allstate Foundation. So just visit our store at nylc.org, download it, use it email us with questions. We want you to get started. We want all students everywhere to have the type of opportunities that Omar, Neil, and Junior talked about today. Um, and I want to invite you, whether in person or virtually, um, to attend our 33rd Annual National Service Learning Conference. Um, it's April 20th through the 22nd um, in person in Minnesota and April 27th virtually. So, you know, come, get inspired, be connected and get that learning. And of course, mark your calendars for every Thursday at six o'clock Eastern, where we come together to celebrate how young people can serve, learn, change the world. See you next week, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world. 